Welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Today, I'm joined by Brian Hathaway, who's a physical therapist, and he's the owner of Peak Performance Physical Therapy, Tioga Fitness Center, and Summit Fitness for Life. Brian is an incredible individual with over 30 years of orthopedic experience and over 20 years as an entrepreneur. Brian had the, uh, I guess I'll say the pleasure or maybe the torture of being my final clinic instructor when I was in school for my last eight weeks finishing my doctorate. And we were able to connect on a lot of similar things that we have in common, our love for exercise and our mindset and our passions. And I'm super excited to kind of highlight all of those in this podcast for you today as we review the essential elements for peak performance in really any aspect of life, whether it's entrepreneurship or health and fitness or whatever it is that you are pursuing these things that we're discussing today are essential for success in those endeavors. Now, before we get to this podcast, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on today, man. It's good to be here. I have to admit, you are the first of my clinical instructors that I've ever recorded a podcast with. So, I don't know please be nice. <laughs> please be nice. For people who aren't familiar with you and your brand and your gyms and everything that you do, would you mind kind of filling them in a little bit about yourself? Uh, about 22 years ago, I started peak performance physical therapy uh, and then branched into uh, a fitness model, uh, Tioga Fitness and Summit Fitness Centers. The main reason that I got into private practice was nothing great comes from your comfort zone. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're self-motivated to get there. And sometimes other people motivate you along the way because they say things like, hey, you have reached the max level of your salary now. <laughs> and you scratch your head at the age of 30 and you're like, what did you just say? The, the, the max, the, no more, there's no more. So uh, <clears throat> one of the things that uh, inspired me to look further is that, you know, I wanted to treat patients the way that I wanted to treat them. I didn't want somebody dictating to me, hey, you need to do ultrasound, you need to do massage, you need to do this to every patient that walks through the door. Uh, that tends to be more for a billing purpose. And uh, I didn't want that. My model was more, you know what? I want to treat the person, Dan. I don't want to treat just his shoulder. I want to get to know Dan. I want to know, okay, well, where are you from? What do you do? And develop that connection with the patient because I personally feel that that connection enabled me to help that patient more. Right. So more of like a holistic model, they call it, that allows you to look at the whole patient and everything that contributes to their problem instead of just one thing and one factor. Right. Um, when I, early on in my career, it would upset me when I couldn't help somebody. You know, those first two years, you're out in practice, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, wait a minute, I, I can't help this person. What's going on? And so I had to kind of shift gears a little bit and realize that my effort in helping them was just as, as important as the outcome. Uh, because patients that I couldn't help, they would still come back and see me for something else because they knew that the effort was there. I directed them to neuro or ortho or whatever it needed to be because it's like, you know what? 
you're beyond my ability to help you. Right. And that's very humbling, I feel, to learn that early on in your career, because at least I'll, I'll speak on behalf of myself. I still have a little bit of this idea that, you know, I can help anyone. I can help everyone. I can fix everything. Right. And, you know, that's that's probably a dangerous place to be in because you'll cl- quickly learn that, you know, some people need to go elsewhere and having the ability to refer out and act in that person's best interest instead of keeping them on your own caseload for financial gain, uh, I think speaks volumes to one, the kind of person that you are, and two, just how much you care about that patient's outcomes. Right, you have to remember, number one, your loyalty is first to the patient. It's not to the referring physician, it's not the insurance company, it's to that patient. And sometimes that may mean a different avenue of care for them because you want what's best for them. Um, and then we, we take that and we take a look at fitness and we say, you know, well, what a great blend fitness and physical therapy. I think that uh, you and I have talked about this before that too many times the physical therapists with therapeutic exercise, they do not understand the load principle and the progression of load. Sometimes they're too tentative. They're just doing range of motion. They're not necessarily doing things that will progress the patient, will educate the patient. It's like, oh, well, you got to do IR and ER and you got to do this. Okay, well, when's the progression? When do we increase the weights? When do we increase the reps? When do we increase the difficulty and go to a closed chain as opposed to an open chain with the shoulder? So um, it's a great blend having PT with fitness because it's it's the best of both worlds. It really is. Um, I enjoy personal training. Uh, the, the physical abuse that you can uh, give to your, your clients uh, and the mental abuse. I tell them that's, you know, no extra charge. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we need to look at physical therapy in that realm, too, because we have to understand that physiologically speaking, things change with exercise. Uh, I don't know what changes with heat. I don't know what changes with electrical stem. I don't know what changes with ultrasound. I can tell you what, physiologically there's change with exercise. Definitely. And I think that's the first element to what we'll call peak performance named after your clinic here. So in order to achieve peak physical performance or peak performance in whatever avenue of life that you want to talk about, you have to have an underlying level of physical fitness. I don't care if you're an athlete. I don't care if you're a construction worker. I don't care if you're a 70 year old who's just trying to go through daily life you have to have an element of physical strength, endurance, and physical fitness in general. And if you don't have that, life is going to be a lot more difficult, right? So first example that comes to mind for me is I came up in an athletic background where I was playing soccer year round for like five or six years straight. And I just think back to the Saturdays where I would play three or four soccer games and I would go skiing for four or five hours because I love to ski in the winter. But if I didn't have any element of physical fitness or endurance, I wasn't going to be playing four or five full soccer games and then skiing for three or four hours, right? I'd be tapping out and I would have to give up the things that I enjoy the most in life because I'm not capable of doing it. And I don't know about you, but to me, life seems way too short to give up on the things that (laughs) I enjoy doing. Yeah, wait till you're my age and then you're going to realize that. 
Uh, here, here's the other thing that, that the background of fitness gives you when you're treating your patients. And, and you've heard me say this with our older patients when they say, well, I'm too old, I'm 80, I'm 85. And my response is there's 80 year olds that run the Boston Marathon. And, and they just kind of look at you like, uh, so fitness is for any age. And, uh, you know, we have to remember, we need to teach our clients, our patients, Hey, this is how we stay fit even when we are injured. Here are the modifications that we do. We don't sit down. We don't stop moving. There's too many negative effects when we say, oh, well, my ankle hurts and I can't do these activities. No, 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 no. Let's not look for excuses. Let's look for alternatives and let's move forward. Too many times we're like, uh, uh, yeah, let's look for solutions. Don't give me an excuse. What's the solution? Exactly. And recognizing too that exercise and being physically active is the solution one and two that's going to help you as you age right you yourself have mentioned to me before that you are in your 50s believe it or not and (laughs) you're out here doing sets of 30 pull-ups now I know a lot of people in their 20s who can't do 30 consecutive pull-ups let alone 30 consecutive pull-ups with a full thickness rotator cuff tear but you can. And if you know people can't relate to your specific example, I invite them to look at pictures of the Top Gun cast. Top Gun Maverick just came out. Look at the pictures from the original movie cast. And then look at the pictures of the cast now. Because take a look at people like Kelly McGillis. Now, I mean nothing against Kelly McGillis, but there is a difference between how she looked in the first movie and how she looks now compared to Tom Cruise who is a very strong proponent of exercise and fitness and has been for decades. So just keep in mind that that exercise and fitness element, it's not just going to allow you to stay strong and fit and all these different things. It might help you defy aging for lack of a better way to put it. Well, we say that the fountain of youth is actually exercise and nutrition. Uh, you know, people are searching for, well, give me the quick fix. What's the, you know, what pill's going to do this? What shake is going to do that? Look at nutrition and fitness is the secret to aging in regards to keeping your function uh, and those things that you want to do. So we have talked about before, you know, that uh, the enemy of great is good. Too many times people settle for uh, I'm good enough. And they don't understand that great's a lot better. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, and that is out of your comfort zone. If you are exercising in your comfort zone, you're not exercising. If it doesn't challenge you, don't ever expect to be changed by it, right? A lot right. of people go at exercise or fitness and they'll do what's comfortable. And I invite them all to Just do what's comfortable for a month and see how many results you get. See how much your rep maxes increase, how much your reps to failure increase. Take tape measures, put them around your arms, waist, thighs, whatever, and see how much you change after doing the same thing, just staying in the comfortable range for a month. And then do the same thing, but redline every workout. I mean, push it to the limit, push it to the max and see what happens after a month. Because I'm willing to bet that that month that you push it to the max, you'll get the max results. But if you don't go to the max, you're never going to find out what you could be. You're never going to come in contact with 
that person that you could have been, right? And at least for me, that's actually my kind of personal definition of hell is the day when the person that I could have become meets the person that I've become. And I hope like heck that the person that I become is better than the person I could have become. And that's the kind of thing that it plays on your mind. It haunts you when you want to be successful at something. And if you're not going to the max, you're never going to become that maximum version of yourself. And fitness is a great metaphor for our journey in life. You know, too many times people want the easy path. Hey, um, how do I become a millionaire? Hey, how do I do this? What's the easiest? What's the quickest way? No, it's not about what's the easiest way. Give me the hard way. Make this challenging to me because as you just said, I'm going to be better off down the road by going through those challenges and struggles because you know what? Exercise teaches you something that's called delayed gratification. It's not, hey, I'm going to work out for two days and woohoo, look at me. Oh, no, it doesn't work that way. You're going to put time and energy and sweat and tears. Well, when you talk about doing something like a private business, a private PT clinic, a fitness center, it's the same thing. It's not like I open the doors and here comes the groves of people. No, 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 no. You got to have the sweat, blood and tears. You got to know where you're going. You know, you don't go to an airport and say, hey, I want to have a ticket. And the stewardess says, well, where do you want to go? Oh, I don't know. Just can I have a ticket to go somewhere? You got to have a destination in mind. And then you have to be willing to go through all the detours, the potholes, the speed bumps, because you've got a destination in mind. Right. You woke up with a plan of action and you were going to bed with a feeling of satisfaction, right? And if you don't have that plan of action, you become the plan of someone else's life. If you didn't have a plan to develop your own clinic and start your own gyms, and you didn't have the sweat equity it took to grow that clinic day in and day out for over 20 years in a row, then you very well could have stayed working that comfortable position with another PT group where you're already earning the max salary and benefits and all that sort of thing. But something encouraged you or inspired you to leave that comfortable position of full-time salary and benefits and all that sort of thing to pursue the thing that was a lot more risky, but there's a lot more reward within it. Right. And, and uh, that's a, that, that's a, a challenging when I go back and look at that 22 years ago, you know, sometimes, as I said earlier, sometimes things push you to that. Um, but I encourage everybody to, you know what, you need to have something that you're working for. And too many times we do look at the negative aspect and we look for excuses and no, we look for solutions. We want to be solution oriented. We want to say, you know what, I'm going to be here at seven in the morning and I'm going to be here at seven at night and all the hours in between, whatever it takes to start this practice. Um, is there going to be a sacrifice in the beginning? Yes. But you know what? It is so minimal compared to the reward that you get later on. And now that's it, that delayed gratification, which we just talked about. And that's critical for people who are looking at doing their own business uh, or going out on their own. I don't care if it's a fitness center, PT clinic, whatever. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's okay right. that it's, it's, it's okay that it's not easy. Okay. And the great thing is, is, you know, uh, 
You don't have to do it all on your own. There are people who have taken that journey, learn from their experience. Don't do the things that didn't work. Find out from them, this is what worked and duplicate it. I'll say if you stay in that comfort zone area, it's, it's kind of a danger zone, right? You lose the potential of what you could be. You start going with kind of like the status quo, for lack of a better way to put it. When you take that step out of that comfort zone and you start believing in yourself enough now to be the person that others will remember you for later, you make that brand, you make that impact on whatever community you decide to open up, set up shop in. That's the kind of stuff that people will remember for decades, decades. Like they'll remember, hey, I remember this guy. And you and I both know that people have recognized that with you. There's people that walked into your clinic who are like, hey, I've heard of you. I've heard of your son. I've heard of your grandfather, your father. There's kind of a lineage that's followed you. But if you didn't stay, if you stayed in that comfort zone, if you didn't believe in yourself enough, if you didn't mentally have that in order that, hey, this is going to suck for a while. I'm going to have to burn the candle at both ends of the stick. There's going to be early mornings. There's going to be late nights. There's going to be an opportunity cost. I'm going to have to give up on a lot of the other things that I could be doing in life, but it's going to be worth it, right? If you didn't make that initial investment though, that never would have happened. If you didn't invest that time, that effort, that energy, and make those sacrifices, you would never be at that point where you are today. Yeah, one of the challenges is that there are many distractions on the journey. And too many times people in life will trade what they want most for what they want at that moment. You know, that, that simple analogy is the person that's saving up to buy their first home, and they walk by a Corvette. And they look at that Corvette and it gets them and they spend the money on it and they no longer have the money for that home. And so you have to remember what the bigger prize is and it, it's, it's easy to get distracted. Um, oh, you know what? My, my first personal distraction was instead of opening a practice, I bought a home. We had moved out of the Watertown area. We had moved down here. I'm like, I'm going to open a practice. I'm like, ah, you know, I think I need to buy a home first. That delayed things. And, uh, you know, I, it's easy to see now looking back on it, but uh, that, that tends to be challenging. Those distractions, they, we have to be able to tune them out and say, wait a minute, this, my airplane ticket's for this destination. And if I buy that Corvette, I'm not getting that house. So I don't need that Corvette. I may want it. I don't need it. Right. And you can take that same mindset and apply it to any other area in life, right? If you're an athlete training for a competition or a tournament, if you stop paying attention to your training and your nutrition and your sleep, and you start paying attention to the video games, there's a chance <laughs> that your performance starts to drop, right? right? And the same thing goes for any other avenue of life, right? Like maybe you're like one of those memory champion type people, right? Like I've been in contact with a couple of those individuals and they are so in tune with their mind and they remember things by using this memory house analogy that I can't even like wrap my head around. But if they start to lose their focus and start to lose themselves internally, then that whole thing comes crumbling down. And I love that they call it a memory house because the house analogy holds true. You need that firm foundation 
of focus and intention to keep yourself moving in the right direction? One one of the keys to success in anything, I don't care if it's exercise or business, is is discipline. Now, people have asked me, what does discipline mean? And so this is the definition I like to give for discipline. Discipline is the art of remembering what you want. Okay, so for instance, if somebody wants to go on a diet, or let's call it a nutrition plan, because it's a more positive word. If they don't remember why they're going on the diet, the how does not matter, okay? So what I tell them to do is look at on a three by five card, put it on your mirror. So you look at it every day. Hey, I wanna be able to spend time with my grandchildren. I wanna do A, B, and C because the reasons why are more important than the hows because you could look at anything on the internet and there must be 500 different nutrition plans. I'm going to tell you what, they probably all work. But the challenge is, if you don't remember why you're doing them, you're never going to get it done. So discipline is the art of remembering what you want. And discipline, therefore, will create freedom to take a line from Jocko, right? Discipline equals freedom. If you stay disciplined and do those things day in and day out, if you get up and you exercise and you eat right and you take care of yourself, then you will have the freedom to do what you want physically. You will have the freedom to go about your day and your life feeling more energetic, feeling more confident and all the other benefits that come with living a healthy lifestyle. Right. My younger athletes, I tell them this. I said, look, at discipline yourself so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you only treated from the neck down. I didn't realize. Well, you know, we, we, yeah, we got to give them that neck up stuff once in a while. <laughs> What's your take on, you know, I keep hearing all these people that say, you know, Dan, I'm burning out, I'm burning out mentally. And I just can't take anymore. I can't keep doing this. What's your take on that? What's well, so- up? pretty broad spectrum. I think that uh, you can experience burnout in any walk of life. Uh, Number one, you got to recognize it. Okay. And then the treatment for it is pretty challenging. I mean, you have to, you, you literally have to have an out of body experience. What I tell people is look at, sit in the theater and watch your day go by. Watch what you're doing at breakfast. Watch what you're doing when you're interacting with your clients. Watch yourself to be able to understand a little bit more. Hey, here's why I'm burning this on both ends and I can't do this anymore. Okay. And, you know, sometimes we forget that really our focus should be others. When you focus on others, There's just something about it. It just makes it easier for everything that you're doing. I mean, you've heard me tell people that uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you put others first, it's got a funny way of just working out. But if you're at that point where you're like, man, things are going wrong. Somehow, number one, you got to recognize it. Number two, you've got to have a little bit of an out-of-body experience so you can see what am I doing? Uh, there's that wonderful saying, insanity is continuing to do the same thing and expect different results. And so, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, you got to see what that same thing is. 
Right, right. I completely agree. It starts with you kind of examining yourself and asking yourself the difficult questions like, is what I'm doing right now really what I'm passionate about? Is this the thing that, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited to do this? I can't wait to go do this. Because if whatever you're doing is not igniting a fire within you that makes you excited to go up, get up and go at it every single day, right? then I would reconsider what you're doing, number one. I've talked with people in the past who have made career changes or changes in sport, and that change ends up being a very positive thing for them. Now, not everyone needs to change career or change sport or really change anything. Some people just in general need to recognize that the opportunities that they're currently being presented with are taken for granted in some cases, not every case, but some cases, right? So to put it in perspective, say you're someone like me who was in PT school for six years. Six years is a long time to be in school, right? Especially when you're in an accelerated program, things are moving quicker. You've got a lot of different classes and courses and, you know, these clinicals and some of them are great. And some of them are kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you which one yours was. Thanks. (laughs) But, you know, day in and day out, that starts to wear on you and it starts to take its toll. And throughout my schooling experience for the past six, even longer than that into high school, seven, eight, nine years now, there's this quote from Greg Plitt that I kept going back to. And I kept going back to it over and over and over again. And it says, if you guys are wondering if you are burning out mentally, then take a day off, but take that day off and go to your local hospital, visit the cancer wing and look at a four-year-old who won't see their teenage years and might not even see their next birthday. Go and see someone who's mentally or physically ill or see a soldier who just came back from a war who's missing his legs and stare that person down, look them right in the eyes, tell them as you stand there with two capable legs that you're burned out from what you're doing every day, that you don't want to use your two capable legs anymore, that you don't have it in you. And see if that doesn't kill them right there because other people do anything to have the opportunities that we take for granted day in and day out. And like I said, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. If you don't have that fire within you, then find something that ignites that fire within yourself. But if you have that passionate thing, don't lose that passion because the going got tough. Right. Well, you know what? We're going to go back to our exercise metaphor again. I told you how much I love exercise as a metaphor for life. I change my workout program every four to six weeks. And, and that's to prevent burnout. That's to prevent it being stale. Uh, that not only do the muscles need that, The mind needs that. Uh, This week, my buddy and I, we started a crazy uh, workout. We started doing, uh, for example, uh, yesterday we did chin up 21 style. So seven upper half, lower half, seven full. Compound set it with curls or superset, depending on what word you want to say. But, you know, if it was chin up 21s, then we're basically doing a compound set. We did three sets of those, one minute break in between those. Uh, I think my arms were about ready to fall off. (laughs) But the challenge was 
it was good. It, as much as it was a challenge because we haven't done it, it was good, but it was still exercise. And, uh, you know, we try to foster an environment in our clinic that when the patient gets up in the morning, that they have a passion to come to physical therapy, that they say, hey, man, I get to go to Peak today. I get to go see Brian. I get to go see Dan today. That's the type of environment you want to create because when you create that environment, you want to be there too. You weren't just doing that superset because you need to have the biggest biceps at Strawberry Fest this year, right? <laughs> no, no. I did it mainly to annoy my buddy because I know he hates those. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you're, you're right. There is something powerful about taking the initiative to change small things about your day-to-day -day life to make sure that you continue to go on the right path because wherever you're trying to go in life, whether it's in physical therapy or exercise, business, career, whatever, there's not one right or wrong way to get there. And the path that you take to get there doesn't have to be completely linear, right? There's going to be ups and downs. And that's why they say life is a marathon, not a sprint, right? So recognizing that, hey, you know, I've been doing this same thing for the past six weeks, I'm going to step back. I'm going to change things up. I'm going to switch up the mainframe. And when I switch it up, I'll probably get a different result than what I was getting. Now, whether that result was what you wanted or what you, you know, didn't intend for, that trial and error process is going to reveal for you. But if you never try it, you're never going to find out. And that constant testing and looking at things, whether it's exercise or business or whatever, kind of like a lab, and you're going to try it out and see what happens. That allows you to discover new things that work well for you and allows you to optimize your life based on what works for you. I believe, uh, and I may misspeak on this, but I believe it was the Japanese that developed a saying that was something along the lines, constant and never ending improvement. And that's how we have to look at it. Uh, I sincerely feel that I'm just as passionate today, 32 years later than the very first day that I uh, started uh, my first job. I, I really feel that way. Um, and you could probably attest to that. You, you saw enough of me interacting with patients <laughs> and staff that uh, I enjoy what I do. And but if there's, there's a purpose in it. And uh, I, I love that saying, it's not about you and it's all about you. You know, that just, you know, that, that means so much to me. And um, uh, the, the rewards of physical therapy and fitness is proportional to the size of the smile on your client's face. It really is. Right. And when you can go into the clinic at 545 in the morning and put a <laughs> smile on someone's face, man, that says it all right there. For people who didn't quite get to see, you know, that journey of where you started your clinic to where it is now and the kind of hours that you've put in, do you want to describe a little bit about what that kind of sacrifice and time commitment looked like? Because I know that you were up very early in the morning. And you were getting up and getting after it. But not a whole lot of people like to get up early. Not a whole lot of people like to, you know, put those long days into something that they're passionate. Like, 
even if they're passionate about something, not everyone wants to put in 10 or 12 hours a day to it, right? Everyone wants to take the more efficient path or the easier path, if there is an easier path to achieving your goals. That's uh, interesting. You know, there's, there's two things that you can control. You can control your attitude and your effort. Uh, and first, I need to give kudos to my bride. She, uh, she was on board 100%. She said, whatever you want to do. You know, I'm like, I'm going to leave uh, a steady paycheck and go out on a limb with a six-month-old daughter, uh, no patience or anything, and this is what we're going to do. And she goes, okay, I'm on board. And my, my, she, she, she's amazing. Uh, my attitude was no one was going to outwork me. One thing I can control, right? Just like on the basketball court, I tell my players, never, ever, ever be outworked. Somebody may have more skill than you, but you should never be outworked and you control your attitude. So I knew if I controlled my attitude, if I was seeing patients at 6 a.m. and then still seeing them at 7 p.m., even if I had a two or three hour block during the day where there was no patients, I didn't call them and say, hey, do you think you could come in at uh, four o'clock because, uh, you know, I'd like to go home. It doesn't work that way. And if a patient just walked in, um, I was wondering, could I have a PT appointment? Hey, yeah, you got 15 minutes and I'll be right with you. You know, you make those sacrifices. It, yeah, okay, maybe there's some sacrifice for the time, but I'm going to put myself out there for the client, for the patient, and what's going to happen? They're going to tell their friend. They're going to tell their physician. I say, yeah, I went down and saw this Brian guy and geez, he just took me right in. I didn't have to, you know, have to, didn't have to wait. Uh, I see him at 6 a.m. I see him at 7 p.m. And uh, I mean, I had competition, you know, after I opened uh, a physical therapy clinic, came out of Ithaca, New York and opened four months after I did. So I was just getting established. And I basically, my attitude was that they're not going to outwork me. I will see patients as early as I need to. I'll see them as late as I need to. And they ended up moving. They, they didn't stay there. Uh, they were only about a mile down the road. Um, and, and partly because they really couldn't compete with the hours. Right, right. They, they, there's this saying that I like that, you know, it's hard to burn the candle at both ends of the stick. And it burns a lot quicker when you're burning at both ends. But you're never going to see it burn brighter. Right. So you might have to give those late nights and those early mornings, but that's the cost of ambition. That's when you're going to burn the brightest. That's when your light is going to shine onto as many other people as you can. There's, uh, there's another quote I like from Plutarch that wise men are able to make a fitting use even of their enmities. And I'm losing my ability to speak. That's okay. Enmities. <laughs> um, um, so basically, all the things that get thrown in your way, all the obstacles that come up. Maybe it is that three-hour gap in the middle of your day, right? They're able to find a way to use that time as opposed to just saying, well, this is garbage time. This is wasted. I can't do anything. And it sounds like you were able to do that. You were able to use those times, even when things didn't go according to plan, to your benefit. And I can speak firsthand to that because I was at your clinic for eight weeks. Right. There was times when things went according to plan and we had a busy day. It was smooth sailing all the way from start to finish. And there was times when things didn't go according to plan and, you know, things came up and we adjusted based on those uh, 
obstacles that kind of came in our path, I'll say. Right. You know, one of the challenges, too, is there is there's a different mentality. And I'm not saying this to be negative. There's a different mentality being an employee versus a business owner. I'm never going to close that door on anybody. You know, I'm not going to look at my schedule and say, oh, why did they put a person there? I'm going to say, hey, thank goodness they put a person there, right? Um, well, it's five o'clock. It's time for me to leave. Uh, Brian, and, oh, hey, they came in. I'll see them. Let's go. Now, there may be a rare instance where I couldn't do that because I had a prior obligation. But for the most part, I didn't ever have that mentality of nine to five and, and I'm going to get there right at nine and then I'm going to punch in and I'm punching out at five o'clock. That was not the case. It was like, uh, whatever it takes. And, and it's still that now. I mean, I think if I open the doors at 530, that patients would come in at 530 a.m. in the morning if I was willing to be there. Now, I do the draw line somewhere. 545 is early enough. Yeah, that makes me think of um, the, it's Latin, it comes from Stoic philosophy, philosophy, and if you thought my pronunciation was bad later, just wait. Um, <laughs> I believe it goes amor feti, but again, I probably butchered that, but basically it means to love everything that happens, and I feel like that's a lesson people often forget, and I, again, I don't care what population or what background you have if you're in the athletic world it can be hard to accept you know a game where you just lost where you didn't get that outcome that you want right but you have to find a way to say well this is what happened and this is how I'm going to use it for my benefit this is how it's going to help me moving forward instead of just saying well it happened and then throw in the towel and you know that's the end of it right if you look back in history at any of the greatest individuals that we know by name to this day. If you look back at all the missed shots and missed chances Michael Jordan had, if you, or if you look back at Thomas Edison, who had 1,093 patents before he finally invented a light bulb, imagine if they just gave up at you know trial 10 or trial 15, right? You have to find a way to love everything that happens, even the failure, even the negativity that comes along your journey because that failure moves the needle of life forward. And this is probably scary of me to say right before I take board exams, but I've learned to love failure because failure moves you closer to learning what works and what doesn't work. Hey, well, I just was, found 10 ways that doesn't work. So I'm yeah, not gonna do those 10 ways. That was Edison's, that was Edison's uh, response. He goes, well, I ruled out one more, uh, one more thing. I rule it out one more time. And, and I believe, he only had a fourth grade education, yeah. But uh, that had nothing to do with his success. He was he was determined, and uh, you know, if we look at Abraham Lincoln too, how many things did he lose? He lost this election, that election, you know, here and here, and but he was there, and all of a sudden he was president. And uh, you know, one of one of the quotes I love from him is when he said, "You cannot continue to do for mankind what they could and should be doing for themselves." And, you know, and that's, that's something that we look at in the realm of physical therapy. We're trying to teach our clients, this is how you take care of your shoulder, your back. It's not mine. It's yours. I'm going to be your educator with it. I'll go through the journey with you. But bottom line, it is your shoulder. Yeah, it sounds to me like this is shaping up to what I call the limitless model. Shout out to Jim Quick. 
the limitless model basically has three pillars that make you limitless at anything you do. Motivation. So what we talked about before, your purpose, why you're doing what you're doing, the methods or your process, what you're going to be doing to get there and the mindset that makes it all possible. When you have a good mindset and you have the motivation and you have the methods, you have the system in front of you to get you from point A to point B, then nothing can stop you. I don't care what obstacle gets thrown in your way. I don't care what life throws at you. If you have those three things and you keep them in check and you nourish them day in and day out, nothing can stand in your way. So, so far, Brian, just to kind of recap, we've discussed a lot of different things ranging from the physical side of fitness and performance all the way to the mental impacts of what it takes to be successful at whatever it is that you're doing in life, whatever your journey is, whatever your calling is. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts or closing remarks that you want people to take away from this discussion so far? What should people really keep with them and remember moving forward? Oh, well, a couple things. Uh, we said in the beginning that nothing great comes from your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. I don't care if it's an exercise, just life in general. Get out of the comfort zone and great things can happen. Um, typically, if we look at the business side of things, the people that know how tend to work for the people that know why. So make sure you know the why. That's that's the important thing on your journey. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you've got some plans to do something, understand the why. And we had talked about that leads right into what we said about discipline. Discipline is that art of remembering the why that keeps you doing the things that you need to do. You have to have both of those in order to cultivate that long-term success that we're all after in one way or another in life. Brian, for people who want to find out more about you and your clinic and all the amazing things that you've been up to, I know you're a big social media guy. <laughs> Where could they find you? Where could people connect with you? I mean, yeah, uh, boy, you, you they're, they're not going to find me. On, they're not going to find me on social media. Huh? <laughs> I, I've, I've kind of stuck Brandon with his uh, his role in that, so he's just kind of getting started with it. But actually, we have a website, Peak Performance Physical Therapy. Uh, if you Google that and look at Owego, New York, you'll find our website. You'll get a picture of my ugly face and my wonderful staff that surrounds me, and I really do have a wonderful staff. They have, it, it, you interacted with them. They've taken on that role that they do want to put that patient first. Uh, we want the patient to walk in the door and pretend that they are wearing a sign that says, make me feel important today. And if you do that with your clients, you know, whether it's fitness or physical therapy or anything, you're going to be successful. Brian, this has been a great talk. I really appreciate your time. And it's been great to see you again and catch up with you one more time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.